The women's lustful moans and orgasmic screams came to her with such force that it caused her nipples to harden and her throat to moan, regardless of the intense and disorienting scene before her. She looked to find the farthest end and saw that the togas became darker, older, as though she was bearing witness all the way back in time to the ancient sins of Sodom and Gomorrah. Eve, caught in powerful sexual rapture, was desperate for balance and tried to steady herself, but control never came. The scent of sweet foreign incenses swirled around her in thick, palpable wafts of air. Her heart thumped in her ears, competing with the heavy, pounding music that seemed to come from everywhere. Hypnotized. Available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and Smashwords. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Kiss Me Quicks podcast. This is Rose Carraway. I'm going to keep this intro short and sweet. The names used in this story are from listeners that have left reviews or helped out the show. As always, I love hearing from and chatting with everyone. If you'd like to contact me, please feel free to do so at any time at thekissmequicks at gmail.com or on Twitter at Rose Carraway. And now... Succubus, Part 1 In every nightmare, she'd been afraid of the way his dark hair slid down and hid those deep chestnut eyes that seemed to bore into her soul. This man haunted her dreams for the last two months. But as the short puffs of essence that left his tan lips made her breath catch, her pussy throbbed too. It was him. The Boeing's engines whined and vibrated the plane as it pitched in the cloudless afternoon sky. Passengers screamed as they furiously tried to buckle back into their seats. September paid no attention to others or her own safety belt. Her eyes were glued to the man across the aisle from her. He breathed deeply, and every time he exhaled, another wisp of essence left his beautiful mouth. She wanted to cry out loud with abandon at her desire. Her shirt grew tight as her breasts swelled from their normal little perky-sized bees to a more voluptuous double D. She licked her lips nervously. The sensation sent shivers up her spine, and her pussy ached as it saturated her panties. The aircraft plummeted down for a second time. September's stomach felt like it was in her throat. From the corner of her eye, she saw other passengers lose their balance and collide while frantically trying to regain their seats. When the plane jerked, unbuckled people were flung about like useless ragdolls, and then the scrambling would begin all over again. Overhead compartments popped open. Loose baggage crashed upon unwary heads, delivering heavy blows, causing several people to go unconscious and injuring others. Someone was just coming out of the first-class section, but September couldn't see clearly who he was through the throng of flailing bodies. She got a quick view of his face and then saw that he was smiling. Terrified recognition of that deranged smile formed a knot in her stomach. She dreamt of this man, too. 
The plane pitched and plummeted yet again, and suddenly the man with the chestnut eyes was at her side. He grabbed her wrist and pulled her from the seat. They hunkered down and wove between flailing bodies until they reached the flight attendant's fold-down across from the lavatory. Trays, plasticware, tissue boxes, all the contents from the overhead food compartment spilled out onto the floor, and September lost her footing as the plane dove down and pitched right. Someone had vomited nearby, and the smell was thick in the chaos, but thankfully she could see no evidence of it. They stepped over a stewardess with a gaping head wound that was sprawled out on the cabin floor in an unnatural way and a spreading deep red puddle. The man with the chestnut eyes and tan skin tore a blue wool divider curtain from its snap rings and laid it over the body and then turned to September. Her heart was pounding in her chest. His eyes were shining and resolute. It had to be done. Having to fuck to save the world sounded ludicrous, but as the plane dipped again, they knew. It had to be done. What's your name? September asked as she lifted her skirt and slid her panties down and then off. Her breasts continued to painfully swell, but before she could unhook her bra, she lost her balance and clamored for the turbulence bar. Seth, yours? Seth fumbled with his buckle and plopped down hard on the flight attendant seat that felt more like a ledge. September, she let out a scream as the plane took another nosedive. Seth whipped out a hand just before she went swimming down the aisle with the avalanche of packaged peanuts, juice boxes, and a hell-bent food trolley. The elastic of her bra had been digging into her skin, but the sudden jolt of the plane and the weight of her breast caused it to finally give with a fiery snap that stung her sides. Her lips felt puffy, and now she felt her ass and hips had gained a couple of inches, too. The plane was righted somewhat, and with desperate speed, both September and Seth tore her blouse off and flung the ruined bra aside. Seth grabbed her by the waist and pulled her onto his lap. Use the bars behind me, he motioned with a quick nod. He grunted as she grabbed his hard, swelling cock and guided him to her opening. Just like her body reacted, Seth's cock was exaggerated and enhanced. For a moment, she was taken back to the first time her body went through such rapid changes. The noises dimmed and her vision became acute. The pungent odor of vomit was gone. All that September was aware of was the colossal-sized penis that stretched and tore her hymen. If the plane pitched or dove, it was vaguely noticed. The black stubble on Seth's face scratched her breasts and nipples as the tendrils of his essence enticingly wafted between them. The two parallel bars behind him, bracketed to the wall under the storage compartment, were helpful as she found a fraction of balance and began rising and then sitting on her very first cock. The plane was just corrected again and his full engorged length slammed into her. It hurt, but she continued to rise and fall. The pain would have been significantly worse had she not been turned on. Now her mist-like essence traveled from her mouth and nostrils in soft, pearl-white, smoky tendrils. Seth's nostrils stretched as he breathed it in. His hands dug into her swollen hips, and he breathed deeper. They disregarded the plane as its two engines strained and screamed. 
Seth used a hand to hold a support bar and another to hold and squeeze September's breasts. She leaned down and through the tumultuous jostling of the plane, kissed his full mouth. Her lips still tingled in their swollen state, and when he sucked them, she thought they would burst. They slid and thumped with the plane, levitated suddenly one moment, and then slammed down hard on the flight attendant's seat the next, never breaking contact. She could feel the lip of his head plunging against her sensitive walls. Her thin waist and deliciously amplified hips undulated as she pressed her breasts into her incubus's face. All through the chaos and commotion, they fucked because they had to. They had to save the world before the monster from September's nightmares made his way down the aisle. He wanted September. She could feel it. Tightening her fingers around the turbulence bars, she doubled her efforts and slammed into him. Her lavender eyes opened when Seth's warm mouth suckled one of her heavily bobbing breasts. September let go of the bars and clutched handfuls of Seth's dark, shiny hair, tipped his head back, and began the long, essence-absorbing inhale. She breathed in as she felt her orgasm start deep inside. The vibrating plane worked in her favor for once and brought the orgasm shuddering from her core all the way down through her pussy. Her groans were lost with a plane full of screaming passengers, but Seth's essence filled her body and pulsated throughout her veins with invigorating heat as she came. Seth had waited, allowing her to absorb his essence completely until her body arched and was racked with ecstasy. Then he began his own inhale. Her essence flow was almost blinding now, but he watched her face as she moved on top of him. Her cum offered plenty of lubrication. With braced legs, she allowed space between their thighs so Seth could pump upwards into her at will. His kisses were salty with sweat. September fed him her tongue, savoring his taste. The pressure of his fingers on her hips was scintillating and awakened fresh desire. Her puffy lips were scarlet and her eyes went from pale lavender to deep amethyst. Her red hair had grown longer and changed now from a warm shade of copper to the color of the blood-red dahlia. She was in heat and her body went through its final brilliant changes, just as her eyes changed when she came fully into puberty on the school bus. Gripping the two parallel bars behind Seth once again, September drew her thighs tighter. She let her essence flow freely and let her open mouth hover just over his, so he could breathe in every bright tendril. Not even the doomed airplane interrupted the ceremonial bonding of their souls. Seth's hands moved to her enormous breasts, and he purposefully scratched them with his coarse stubble. September moaned at the pain and delight, then pushed more of her essence into his mouth. He breathed in the last of her essence with formal consummation. He inhaled and thrust into her. The vaginal walls that surrounded him compressed at her apex, and then his body went rigid as he flooded her with cum. Toxic clouds of exhaust gurgled from the bus as it accelerated. 
Fran was rattling off names she'd recently added to her mental fuck bank over the summer. She'd met a guy named Philip, and they'd fucked like rabbits until she'd returned to California. He stayed in Florida, but Fran expressed with wistful sighs that she would like to have stayed a month longer, at least. Fran was the sexual extrovert of the two. Including Philip, she'd had a total of 12 boyfriends. But if there was a notch on her headboard for every time September's best friend had sex, you would think that Freddy Krueger visited regularly. As for September, she hadn't physically fucked yet. Instead, she stuck with what Fran referred to as soul-sucking. From a very early age, she was taught to use caution, and by 22, she'd become very proficient with her powers. Being afforded the freedom to absorb souls whenever she wanted allowed her to keep her tallies private. If she did have intercourse, there would be a crushing sexual addiction that was just too consuming for regular men to contend with. Soul-sucking made life less complicated. Fran knew her best friend was a succubus since their freshman year in high school, but it still intrigued the outgoing blonde, and she never passed up an opportunity to ask questions. They were on the bus coming home from the sidewalk art show downtown, and Fran was finally finished with her summer sex updates. September was looking out the window. Cars zipped past while the bus loaded with new passengers. I already told you about the first time. Why do you want to hear it again? She asked. It had been months since they'd last seen each other, and Fran hadn't changed a bit. Because it's awesome. Please. September rolled her almond-shaped lavender eyes and feigned irritation. Okay, okay. No one knew about her secret except, of course, her parents and Fran. And no matter how reluctant she tried to sound, it was therapeutic having a best friend to talk to. Fran already knew this tale, but propped her chin onto her palms anyway, like a child ready for story time. September snorted and wedged her back into the corner of the seat to get comfortable, and then retold the story of the first time she experienced her sexual powers. on the very last day of eighth grade, September rode the bus home as usual. It was packed full of shouting, heat, and teenage body smells. The bus driver was a runner who always wore polo shirts and shorts, and his athletic body caught more than just September's eyes. All the girls had their first crush on Mr. Cohen. After a couple of stops, a third of the kids were off the bus as September found fresh air towards the front and slid into the first seat behind Mr. Cohen. Every time the bus hit a pothole or speed bump, the springy seats caused her body to bounce. This was also the day she discovered the weight of her boobs as they flopped around beneath her shirt. One actually came all the way out of her bra. As she discreetly stuffed it back in, September Goodman's shimmery blue eyes fell on the back of Mr. Cohen's neck and held. The sight of his dark hair feathering against Tan's skin caused a reaction within her body and an immediate blood rush of desire. Within seconds, her pupils dilated and the blue irises darkened, forever changed to a warm lavender. Her parents had prepared her for this moment, but when the sex need hit, it hit so hard and by surprise, she had zero control of her sexual essence. 
It escaped too quickly and even made her lightheaded. Her skin prickled with goosebumps. This inborn compulsion for sex produced an acute tunnel vision. She absently licked her lips, totally entranced by the single bead of sweat that trickled its way down the man's neck. Her puberty came in one hard, hot flash of desire. With sharpened perception, September watched, dizzy and undistracted, as the drip of sweat trailed down in slow motion. The tiny, fine hairs on Mr. Cohen's neck directed the downward path the shiny bead took, until it was finally absorbed by his red collar. The bouncing seat, the noise, even the sharp, musty teenage smells were all gone. But the heat, the heat had become a rapturous sex heat. Every motion of the bus came through, intense and magnified, as she leaned forward, pressing her most private part onto the vinyl bench. She reached up and gripped the back of Mr. Cohen's seat. It was difficult to start the initial intake of breath while juggling her push of essence and maintaining the necessary outward calm. It was imperative that no one suspect. Heat and wetness dampened her seat as her very first ripening sexual need boiled. She struggled to remain inconspicuous. Then the moment came. She understood what she was born to do. The erratic, silent tendrils of her essence were invisible to all but her and flowed in spastic rivulets and surrounded the bus driver. The aphrodisiacal current collided into Mr. Cohen with tenacity and then encapsulated his entire body. The invisible assault made his cock hard as a rock, and he was immediately on the verge of having an uncontrollable orgasm. The bus shimmied and the tires squealed when his hand slipped from the steering wheel. Several kids laughed at the sudden jerk, but were easily distracted by conversation once again. Mr. Cohen needled the bus through narrow residential streets, making every effort to reclaim the lost control over his body, all the while cursing harshly under his breath in disbelief as to what was happening. Without warning, his dick was like a readied fire hose set to spray the dashboard and windshield, and he couldn't stop it. September breathed in deeper, deeper than possible for any ordinary person. This virgin inward breath was long and steady as it pulled the vaporous white light of sexual essence from the bus driver. With parted lips, she slowly inhaled. The wispy elixir was so white and pure, it was almost purple as it flowed into her, bringing her body into sexual euphoria. Her fingertips dug into the vinyl, and she pressed her private harder onto the seat. Arms and legs tensed with strain. She felt constricted by her clothing. As the bus moved, the air cooled her face and neck, but inside she was on fire. The bus jerked to another stop as Mr. Cohen was somewhat saved by a stoplight, but he found no reprieve. His shoulders hunched over as his body was overpowered by inexplicable ecstasy. Through half-squinting eyes, he watched the red light. He concentrated on it. But then his face contorted in effort to hold back the oncoming, unrestrainable orgasm. 
He'd never experienced one so immense. His body was afforded no liberties as he desperately tried to keep his eyes on the red light while doing his damnedest to hide the gush filling his white polyester running shorts. The sudden discharge caused him to yelp a rather dorky, Whoa! The rowdy disorder behind Mr. Cohen silenced for a moment, but the student shrieks quickly picked back up and paper plane tossing resumed. They were completely oblivious to the fact that their straight-as-an-arrow bus driver had just blown the biggest wad of his life. Mr. Cohen's body was drawn tight as September inhaled. The green traffic light signaled the tormented bus driver to push the gas pedal. Her crotch was hot, and with the added vibrations through the bus, she nearly lost control. Blood pumped through her veins with hard-hitting throbs from toes to fingertips. Her chest pounded in excitement and angst. Nerve endings ignited. She did her best to stay silent as her body experienced an unparalleled phenomenon. The orgasm of a succubus. Soul-sucking was sex for a succubus. September absorbed some of the essence of those she was attracted to. When she released her flow, it acted as an aphrodisiac and an orgasm was shared. But since men weren't able to hide their passion as well as she, or the unfortunate messy after effects, she could also secretly draw the essence out of a man for a more clandestine orgasm. Mr. Cohen never understood what hit him that afternoon. But he was lucky. Had September lost control and taken things too far, he would have been left as what her parents called a husk, a body without a soul. This kind of harsh absorption created grim depression and severe lethargy and inevitably led to suicide. Fran wore a big, cheesy grin. It was Fran who'd coined the phrase soul-sucking. At first, September didn't like the negative way it sounded. Absorption was the more technical term for what she did, but soon found herself using the slang term anyway. Have you ever done it to a chick? Fran was silent with her big brown eyes staring expectantly. September just looked at her. There were no secrets between them, mostly because Fran was like a crowbar, prying open the mental vault of her friend's privacy. Well, have you? Once, she admitted. Fran's eyes popped open as wide as her mouth. Oh my God, tell me. It was just some girl at the summer beach bash. September smirked at Fran. It was a little awkward at first, she said. But when I got up from the bar stool to leave, I might have spilled a little something. Ew, you left a snail trail. That's just nasty, Fran hooted. The bus had stopped once again to load and unload, and Fran's elbow was bumped pretty hard. A fat, heavy breathing man with a head full of untrained hair took a seat directly in front of them, so Fran scooted closer. The absorption of essence was the same coming from a woman as it was from a man, and typically done according to sexual preference. The bus stopped and they disembarked. 
there was a change in Fran's behavior. They walked in silence for a while until Fran stalled and finally stopped. Something was on her mind. It was plain as day. September worried when her friend wore that serious look. It always meant, well, something serious, and it usually wasn't good. Last time Fran had that look, it was accompanied by an onslaught of tears and a story about her almost being raped by an ex-boyfriend. Fran's long blonde curls moved in the breeze as the sun painted more pretty little freckles on the bridge of her nose. She tucked a thick coil of golden hair behind an ear and nibbled a thumbnail. September, have you ever soul-sucked? She paused. September stood with growing unease. Have you ever done it to me? The lavender flecks in September's eyes darkened. Her stomach turned. She looked into Fran's big browns. Here it was. You know I would never do that. She couldn't help the irritation in her voice. An act like that was considered so despicable that it wasn't tolerated by her kind. Taking advantage of a trusted friend without their consent was akin to rape. September wouldn't dream of betraying her friend's trust. It was disrespectful, intrusive, and could possibly lead to exposure. Her family wasn't only presently safe, they needed to stay safe. Their secret was rarely entrusted, even to the closest of friends, but it was condoned. True friendship was rated second only to absorption. Fran apologized, but the way her words hung suggested there was something more she had to say. September feared that Fran was about to go one step further. Would you at least reconsider it? She was shocked. It just wasn't possible to carry on a friendship and have casual sex. They had had this conversation before and had come to an understanding. She thought the subject was closed, and Fran promised she wouldn't bring it up again. Are you kidding me? I'm not going to be your vampire. She brushed past Fran and walked stiff-legged all the way to her front door, then slammed it shut. How dare she try to corrupt their friendship? She flung her purse onto the queen-size bed, knocking the picture of the two best friends off the nightstand. It was the same old story. When a succubus was discovered, people wanted the sex more than the friendship. They'd been friends for so long, and she thought Fran understood just how much value their friendship had, how much September needed that definitive separation. If only she wasn't such a hornball, September thought. She felt her heart sinking. The price for telling a secret is that it's no longer a secret, her mother's words had warned. Tears stung the corners of her eyes and her shoulders slumped. Could this be the beginning of the end? After letting off some steam, September decided it wasn't Fran's fault and regretted storming off like a spoiled brat. September felt terrible for charging off. It was Fran's first weekend back and they had plans to go to the club. The phone was in hand, ready to dial, but she couldn't bring herself to punch the keys and grovel for forgiveness. She needed some air and decided to go to the club alone. 
People didn't go for the dancing, not really. They went for the alcohol and ready supply of fuckable people. The club scene was the perfect alibi to avoiding guilt afterwards, unless, of course, as Fran would say, you mistakenly picked an ugly-ass armbiter. It was cliché and maybe a little lame, but September really was saving herself. For every succubus, there was an incubus. Abstinence, however, never stopped her from secretly soul-sucking any man she was attracted to. Fran, on the other hand, liked to fuck, and fucked loud and proud to her heart's content. It's amazing she hasn't caught anything yet. Okay, that was just mean, September chided herself. So what? They had a spat. That didn't give her the right to turn backstabber. Fran was Fran, and there was nothing she could do about it. Those words rang loud in her mind. A rush of guilt filled her gut with the weight of an anvil. Inside the club, lights spiraled and flashed with colorful fluctuating beams around dancers infused with stimulating music and liberating alcohol. She ordered a stiff rum and coke at the bar and studied the playing field. It was a garish display as men and women mocked sex by calling it dancing, and it revved up her sex need. Her red hair hung straight and sleek down her back, and her lavender eyes dilated. She was wearing a pale green sequin tube top that molded to her tits, and a short black crushed velvet skirt that cupped her ass tight like parentheses. Her snug leather stiletto boots, also black, zipped all the way up to mid-thigh to a folded-down cuff. Fran had borrowed them more times than she could count. September shook her head. It was too distracting to think of her best friend right now. With a second rum and coke in hand, she patrolled the dance floor. Clubs were meat markets, and September wanted a choice cut. Her lips began to tingle from the effects of the rum buzz. Testing the waters, she made eye contact with as many men as she could. If one bit, she'd reel him in. Part of the fun was in the hunt. Her ability could bring as many men as she wanted, but she preferred that they come to her without her influence. Booths lined a huge window, and in the far corner three men sat, watching the nocturnal city come alive. September chose a vacant chair against the adjoining wall, sending an easy smile to the threesome. Then, leaning on one cheek, she crossed her legs, allowing an eyeful of slender thigh, and pretended to watch the dancing crowd. The bait was set. It wasn't long before a light tap on her bare shoulder revealed one of the men from the table. He had a tightly cropped military haircut and introduced himself as Justin. But to her, he was just crew cut. He wore black jeans, a smooth gray button-up shirt, and had a nice face. He invited her over. The bait was taken. Time to reel them in. She flirted enough to keep the men interested, but not pawing at her like dogs. The other two men, one with midnight black hair, the other a soft brunette, understood she was Crewcut's guest, so they didn't overtly cock-block him. After the preliminary chit-chat was exhausted, September unleashed her flow to all three men. 
At first she sent it slow, in a teasing way. The effects were immediate as they touched her with more direct intentions. She kissed them each in turn and then pushed her flow a little more. They were officially hooked. For the most fulfilling sexual experience, absorption and intercourse had to be with an incubus. The physical act of sex with a regular man was supposed to be good, but had serious drawbacks. The likelihood for addiction was too high between a common man and a succubus, and it was deeply ingrained that penetration was tricky business. So September always made it clear and upfront that intercourse was off the table. She traded plenty of oral with men, and it mostly pacified her greater desire. But she diligently abstained from fucking. The two men sat fully aroused as they watched Crewcut kissing the strange, provocative woman. They too were hard under her sex spell. September was ready for soul-sucking, but before she could suggest they find privacy, Crewcut did it for her. Her flow was more than strong enough to hold all three men, so she agreed. Another sudden rush of guilt tried to implant itself, and she nearly stopped the scandalous soiree. But Crewcut's hand slinked up her skirt, and the guilt evaporated. Although they couldn't see it, the men felt the effects of her flow and could not resist the need to touch and kiss her. Her need had become their need, and they were none the wiser. Having three men ready to please her was a new, thrilling experience, and she had a supercharged load of emotions that needed to be let loose, tested, and satisfied. Heads turned throughout the club as people saw the sexy woman leaving through the front double doors, with three men all to herself, vying for kisses and unaware that she was about to absorb the very essence of their souls. September shuddered at the sudden self-realization. At least Fran was open and honest. What kind of person takes from people without their consent? A vampire, Fran's voice echoed in her mind as she left the club. Crewcut's big, glossy escalade sparkled in the parking lot lights. September's spell was secure as she climbed in. Leather seats sounded as the men climbed in after her like ducklings to their mother. As the door thudded closed, her easy drifting essence suddenly unleashed with full force. They were now hers to command like sex slaves. Three pairs of hands caressed her barely dressed body. Crewcut was first to kiss her, then Midnight, and finally the brunette. So far, Crewcut was the best kisser, but the brunette was a close second. September was in the middle of the seat being kissed and undressed. The cool air inside the Escalade became warm and humid. She was shameless and reveled in the sexy coziness. The thermals of body heat crisscrossed over her in waves and caressed her skin as much as their tongues and lips. Crewcut smoothed her legs with his hands. His teeth nipped, making a trail up a slim, delicate thigh. 
Midnight's large hands engulfed her tits as he massaged them. Then he licked the puckered nipples, teasing her. Crook had inserted his tongue into her slit, and her moan was cut short as the brunette stopped sucking her neck and took her mouth. He was almost as good as Crookut. Her tongue battled his as she was literally ravaged by the other two men. If she were to suddenly change her mind for safety reasons, the flow could be redirected and the men would quickly find themselves in a completely different situation altogether, and their foursome would become an awkward threesome. She'd never tried it, though. The idea of playing some kind of maniacal cupid left a bad taste in her mouth, but it was a nice safety net. Crookut rose up and was unbuttoning his shirt, but she took over and signaled the others to quickly follow along. The stripped-off clothing soon padded the floorboard for September's knees. She was before Crookut now kissing him, as Midnight and Brunette massaged her tits and ass, ambitiously stroking their dicks. Three pillars pointed at her. She took one in each hand, and Crookut was given the pleasure of her mouth. She stroked and sucked with a rhythm that was sure to bring the men to their climax. At the sound of their quickening breaths, she began the inward draw of air through her nose while sucking Crookut's shaft. Her tongue massaged and then very lightly flicked the top entrance of his tiny slit and then her lips enclosed down around his entire length. She used the fine-tuned skills that only a succubus could master. September squeezed her hands and stroked to match her mouth. She listened to their moans, carefully tuned in, biding her time for the moment when she wanted the men ready to come. Using both her flow and body, she controlled and orchestrated a bewitching crescendo. The three men were her instruments, and she played them in exquisite harmony. Her hands applied pressure, and her mouth opened deep. Moans and grunts filled the escalade as September Goodman opened her eyes, sucking patiently. Just as she wanted, the pure white tendrils of light emerged from each of the men's mouths. With wide-open lavender eyes, she inhaled through her nose and sucked hard while their essence lights flowed into her nostrils. Her pussy quivered in response and began dripping. She brought Midnight and Brunette's dicks closer to her face and soul-sucked all three of them as one. And when she reached the height of carnal need, her body let go, bringing the men with her. With mindless devotion, the men fucked and genuflected before their goddess. Their deluge of cum coated the inside of her mouth and showered her face and hair. The force of their essence lights shot out. September devoured it all with an unremitting, raw indulgence. Her orgasm drenched her thighs and the clothes she was kneeling on. That was the first time she ever swallowed. That night, the nightmares began. For Stupid Fish Productions, this is Rose Carraway.
I'd like to thank the following musical artists. Doof12345, Grapes, Jerris, Zepp Herm, Ditto Ditto, Robert Lippick, Msec, Jorg, Donnie Drost, George Ellenis. Don't forget to subscribe to the Kiss Me Quicks podcast so that you will get the next show, Succubus Part 2. And as always, thank you so much for listening. See you soon. Stupid fish. Discharge caused him to yelp, a rather dorky, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> whoa. 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 <laughs> whoa. 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 <laughs> whoa. 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 <laughs> I can't do it.